This program is powered by Tascam. Tascam's Mini Studio Creator US42 is your new personal production and online broadcast studio featuring a professional quality audio interface and a number of unique real-time effects. The Mini Studio Creator delivers everything you need for your podcast or webcast. Find out more at Tascam.com, part of the Gibson family of brands. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do you hear that? Hear what? I'm receiving some sort of transmission. You don't hear it? No, I don't hear anything. What does it sound like? Some sort of message and music. Music? Route it through the main system. Good idea. Routing now. Transmission commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookie Bear. I like that Wookie. Bringing you news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. I just assumed it's a Wookie. Let's get out of here. Ready for light speed? One, two, three! And now your host, Ken, Eric, and Mike. holidays merry christmas happy hanukkah merry kwanzaa whatever the season happy joyous festivus to you guys it is mike mike Derek, and ken and we're here to squeak in one more show before the end of the year um third show for december it must be the holidays um we're we're gonna tackle rogue one uh we have all finally seen it and Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you right now, spoilers. It's going to be in the title, so if you haven't seen it, don't listen yet until you do. So I almost think I almost think that if they haven't seen it at this point and they're listening to our show, they need to reevaluate a couple things. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> now, I will say, I was the last one to see it. We saw it uh, Thursday before Christmas um, because, one, that's when the family was all off and we wanted to make it a, a family outing. So, But I will be seeing it again before it leaves the theaters. Without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see it again. So, um, initial opinions uh, right off the get, get-go. Go ahead, Derek. Everybody heard my opinion already on the last show. Well, um, I really enjoyed it. I uh, had a lot of fun with it. Um, I liked it a lot. wasn't perfect, but it was really, really good. Did it need to be perfect, though? I don't think so, no. I think this was about as perfect as you can get for a spin-off film. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like the stuff that was actually missing, 
would have been stuff that actually would have made it part of the main saga, not yeah. actually a standalone on its own. And even though it was a, a, its own film, it still had – it still felt like Star Wars. Yeah. The fun thing was um, I watched it last night for the second time, and, it, um, and Vicky noticed this also that it seemed like – the second time you watch it, it feels like an even shorter film because the pacing's so fast on this thing, and you already know what's coming. Yeah, yeah that it yeah. actually feels faster than it was the first time I saw it. Now, the, see, the funny thing about that is, when I was watching it, it felt long to me, but not like a bad long, like a good long. I, I can just see wait till you see it a second or a third time. Mm. Now, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, for a standalone, it did its job. Yeah, uh, I mean if. If you didn't see, you know, Star Wars, could you get away with seeing this one without issues? I th- I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah. You'd um, probably you'd miss some of the cameos and stuff, but yeah, you could. Yeah. Well, or or the cameos. Well, you wouldn't miss them. You, you see them. You just wouldn't understood that they were cameos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or cared. Um, <laughs> or cared. Um, but for me, it was. Hearing people say, "Oh, this was episode three point five. No, no. If anything, it's it has um, nothing to do with the story of Skywalker. Yeah, it, it, it's except just, the two Skywalkers are in it. Yeah, in a matter technically, of, yeah, but you know, they don't really. Way. Yeah, they don't really play a major role. No. Um, so, and even even my wife, who's not a huge Star Wars fan, she loved it too. Yeah, my wife's the same way. Uh-huh. Now, um. I will say, highlight moments for me. Seeing Vader with the Force choke on Krennic. Yeah, I cool. loved it. Loved it. Yeah. And with the lightsaber, how it was used, I know I said I was a little disappointed because we see the lightsaber at the end. Or in There's one no trailer. way you could be disappointed with that, though. With that scene. With, but seeing with, it in the trailer, I could see. Seeing, you know, hearing everything, oh, there's no lightsabers, there's no Jedis, there's no... Seeing how they did the lightsaber at the end, and I'm sure we'll get to it more as we discuss the movie. I was okay. I, I, I was like, well, yeah, I guess Vader would do this. <laughs> oh yeah, um, especially with the circumstances involved. So, and that that scene was just phenomenal. Oh yeah, we'll get to that here in a bit. So we start. <laughs> so the movie starts off. We're on the family farm of the Ursos. Um, we have Galen, who's farming. We have, uh, the mother is... Lyra. Lyra. And, and then we see a small little Jen. Now, here, here's my question. To, did anyone else get the opinion that Lyra might have possibly been a Jedi at one time? With the way her costume mm. was? No, but I've read, um, Catalyst, so I knew oh, where so it comes know, from yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I already know all the backstory and stuff. Well, then let's go ahead and talk a little bit of the backstory so, that leads was up that, to this. Before we do, I just want to ask you guys one one question about the beginning. How did you feel about the no opening crawl? It, I, it was it was different. Yeah, at first, a brief second, I was like, "This is weird," but then once this once the movie started going, I was like, "Ah, eh, it's okay." I liked it. Um, the only thing that felt a little weird, but uh, I like it the way they did it was. Um, the way um, Giacchino put in that one big boom and then uh, then it cut way back, and it almost felt to me like a um, late seventies TV t- um, sci-fi theme song. Like Battlestar Galactica starts very uh, similar, yeah. their original theme song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just hits you with boom, and then it cuts back, and then builds into the song after that. But other than yeah. that, that was a little. That was the only thing that was a little weird. Other than that, it felt perfect. It was good. 
And I like what he did with that. It made, gave it a little bit different feel than any other Star Wars. Then, yeah. Then, then I guess let's, let's pose this next question then. Did we need a crawl there? Would a crawl have helped any? I mean, because, I mean, a crawl could have told a little bit of the backstory from Catalyst. I don't think it needs it. You got to think the saga movies yeah. are part of a story that's already ongoing. All right. This right. it is part of a story that's ongoing, but this movie has an actual beginning, middle, and end, unlike those movies. So you don't need a chapter title saying, "Hey, this is what happened before." This right. you can pick up right, right at the beginning, and you know what's, and you can figure it out from there. Right. That's one of the major differences with this one is the fact that this was built, written, designed to be a standalone film. Yeah, and if you know if you know Star Wars, then you know the basic story of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. This whole thing is from two lines of the opening crawl of Episode Four. Right. The whole story for this is explained there. Yeah. Which I, I love that they did this this story. Yeah, it's a great one to start with. Now they can actually branch out and do something that's a little more outside the box. Because they showed, hey, we can actually do this. This is a story you guys already know. Well, let's try out a story that you guys don't know yet. Right. Yeah. So um, I guess let's let's go back slightly and let's do uh, a little bit of catalyst. You know, some of the backstory. Okay. Leads up to this. Leads up to the film. Well, what kind of what questions you got for it? Because I think I went re- over the catalyst some um, when we did our last thing. But what questions do you guys yeah. have? Well, first of all, do you recommend reading it? Yeah, it's one that I think um, whether or not you've um, read Catalyst doesn't affect the movie. But it, like I said, it gives you a little bit of backstory. It'd be like reading or um, it's kind of like looking at um, A New Hope and not seeing this. Okay, okay right. The fact I that gotcha. this is not needed for A New Hope, but it adds more to the story. Right. That's what Catalyst does. So so we talked about Lena. What was the bit of the backstory? Because like I said, it, I kind of get the illusion that she might have been a Jedi or now maybe even um, – Part of the the wills. Well, in the book, she never is. Um, she starts out as um, she's actually an archaeologist and a um, and a geologist um, traveling around. And she had actually been working with Urso, and she actually does a lot of his transcription of his notes and things that they met when they were actually on a site somewhere when he was looking for crystals. And she was doing the archaeology and the geology part of it. Okay. So, and then they've been together since obviously since during the Clone Wars because um, during the Clone Wars. The Republic was um, drafting every scientist that was working with the um, Republic to work on the war effort. Galen um, got a job at a private company to do his energy research because he did that. He was um, he's a pacifist by nature. Yeah, so he got did that not want to yeah. deal with war yeah. at all. So in order to do that, he got a job outside of the Republic in a, um, in one of the private companies to continue his um, crystal research to uh, on in energy. So and then the two of them meet obviously during the Clone Wars and um, end up with a child. The whole time though um, that he's actually working, Krennic um, kind of pushes Galen along and um, helps him in his career. Like Krennic gives him a job at working for um, the Imperial Energy. Uh, I don't remember the exact time, but it's basically their energy bureau doing his energy research, which obviously Krennic is um, weaponizing after the research is done or trying right. to. And um, the whole time, Lyra doesn't trust him at all. And that's as you can see in this that she didn't trust him before. Now that they're hiding from him, she still doesn't obviously trust him. Doesn't like mm-hmm. him. It's just one of those that she kind of was like, you know what? Galen's happy. He's doing his research. As long as that's still going on, I'll live with it. All right. So, and a lot of the book is the machinations of um, of um, Krennic trying to push along um, Urso without letting him know what's going on, and trying to kind of keep try to keep her happy so that she can't interfere with what Galen's doing. Interesting. So, but most of the book is all about um, Galen um, and his him researching and what Krennic's doing, trying to move up through the ranks. Because he starts the book as um, a lowdown um, engineer for the Imperial Corps of Engineers, who happens to be on the Special Weapons Project. Huh. 
And by the end of the book, he's still not director of um, the Corps of Engineers or anything or the Special Weapons Group yet. So sometime in the three years or so between the book and the movie, he becomes director. That makes sense to me because he didn't really seem like um, the most competent Yeah, he, he's, not mil- he's not a military guy. Right. Whereas that's where Tarkin is. Tarkin was trained as a military guy. He became governor, and then from there, he still moved his way up to the Imperial Navy. So right. I wonder how long he had the cape for then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, actually, no. In the book, there is a point um, when he gets moved from lieutenant to commander, he um, to, he changes to the white uniform with the cape and all that. Oh, nice. So everybody was wrong when we first thought we saw the white uniform and thought Imperial Security Bureau. Oh, no, right. he just chose yeah. to take a different version of the uniform. Yeah, right. Well, so going back to the farm, uh, Galen says, you know, Lynn has died and he's not sure where the daughter is, where Jen is. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and of course they're doing all this, trying to, you know, they've called Saul Guerrero to say it's happening. Um, they're, they're doing their evac procedures when all of a sudden, um, you know, the troops come. I'll tell you, I did not like the way the AWR troopers sounded. It was just so, yeah. so oh, yeah. hard to f- to figure out what they were saying. I mean, it's kind of weird. In, in the universe, just, that may be the point. I think so. Yeah, that's what I got. The impression I got that was kind of the point. If your enemy can't understand what you're saying, it's hard for them to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes along with the image of of those troopers. Okay, I, I mean they're intimidating, but um, but but we see what happens. We see what was going on. Um, she comes back and, and fires upon Krennic and gets killed. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, I know it's going to sound harsh, but it's almost like Jar Jar Binks. If he kept his mouth shut, <laughs> the the war would have never have started. <laughs> well, you see, that's when um, that's where like Catalyst comes in because you realize that she's had ten, twelve, ten years or so or more of dealing with Krennic and knowing that you know what, there is no way out of this, right? But if they knew the game plan was for her to hide as well, and- yeah, she didn't follow the game plan. So <clears throat> she pr- probably let her emotions get the best of her. And- yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. It's you know where do we go from there? Um, well, we see Jen running, and we see how she um, you know goes into this secret spot, and she sees the troops come. They go and pass, and then uh, some time passes. Saul comes and gets her, and then next thing we know, we see her in jail. And you guys could chime in at any time. <laughs> <laughs> we're just letting you keep recap for now there's not a whole lot that happens there other than the fact that it's just interesting that you jump ahead by about 10 years or so or maybe yeah. more yeah because you gotta think more. um in the movie she may be as much as like 24 or 25 you don't know yeah right there's no frame of reference that says when well she was about 16 when saul let her go and it doesn't and it's been at least five six seven years since then all right yeah so or according to her saw abandoned her exactly I know she was born after the Clone Wars ended, so actually she can't be more than 20. Yeah. She was either born right at the end of the Clone Wars or right after. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, so that would probably be uh, – maybe like – maybe she's like 19 or something like Luke was. Possibly. Oh, Luke would be around that time. Yeah, quite possible. Um, but, so um, jumping ahead, she's, she's in the prison, and 
That was interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. The sad part is I don't remember a lot of the, the early prison, prison sequence up until... There wasn't a whole lot in the, there except for they the fact that... Just, yeah. Yeah, it was just a... One thing I did notice, so. you can tell the difference between um, the stormtroopers, because the stormtroopers on the transport she was on were all grimy and that their armor was all beat down and uh, grimy and nasty. But when you get to like the Death Star and some of the actual fleet troopers, they're pristine white, shining as best as you can get it. It's almost yeah, like yeah. you see... The stormtroopers that we obviously have good ones and the, the the top of the pile and lower and bottom of the pile. Bottom of the pile is your prison guards and guys like that that get the lowest ranking jobs that can't get out of that. Whereas the best of the best are usually the ones that are on the um, are the ones going with the fleet and things. Yeah. So. So. Was, from, go ahead. I was going to say it was cool to see that transport. Yeah. Yeah. It was, was like that, ooh was, Star Wars monster truck. Hey, yeah. And that was, was uh, that a toy that was made at one point? Yes. Okay. It's also, it's also a remnant from, I think, from the Clone Wars or something. Yeah. Possibly. There's another one with the Clone Wars um, coalition that I have coming up once we get farther in. Okay. Did you guys – well, I could do it now if you guys want. Yeah, um, go ahead. You see the U-Wing, tell me that's not a newer – basically serves the same purpose as the Republic gunship. Yeah, sort of. Basically sorta. A gunship troop transport. Yeah. I think so. Because when, when they're attacking Scarif and the U-Wings that come in are all full of troops. All right. It's like a fighter transport. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Because you look, they don't even land when the guys jump off. They slow down enough that the guys can jump off and then they keep going, which is exactly what they did with the gunships back in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably a, a more updated version of the, the gunships. But, um, another one I thought was awesome was um, the way uh, not just – I mean, obviously, we're going to get to Tarkin in a minute. Tarkin, right. I thought – what you guys uh. think of Tarkin? I had mixed feelings about that. I, I love the tribute. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. He looks I, – I found last night the way I saw it was when you're looking him dead on in the face, something in the eyes was too sunken in. It wasn't quite right. But yeah. if you got the profile shots or the longer distance shots, that was Peter Cushing standing there. Yeah. Yeah. It all depended on your perspective. And then I watched Leia last night when I looked at it for the second time. That, that was perfect. Princess Leia was perfect on there. Uh, she wasn't as CG as you think. No, but yeah. – there was something, yeah, there's something off about it for me, though. Something didn't set right with me. I think it's still, I'm still, I don't know. But it didn't bother me. It was just like there was a little feeling. You know, I was like, eh. Well, I think the other cameos that they put in there that um, they could not have done any better. It was fantastic. was Red Leader and Gold Leader. Yes. Yeah, that was awesome. Those, they made the shots look exactly like everything else, and they fit perfectly right into there. Well, and there there were some other of the um, there there were some other pilots used from the original footage as well to fill out stuff. Yeah, um, but I love too how we see how there is an opening. I know I jumped ahead, but how there yeah. is an opening for Luke to take the call sign Red Five. Yeah, yeah, that was such awesome. A, such a Perkins moment. <laughs> Yeah, I had some friends talking about. It's like, where's Porkins? Where's Porkins? Well, we didn't need to see him in this. No, we need. We kind of, kind of needed to see Red Five because we know the squadrons around. So now we know why that he ends up with Red Five and not a lower number. All right. So, um, so getting back, so we have the whole prison breakout with um, with Jen, which I I thought was was cool, especially when yeah she, yeah take out the they take out the troopers. Door opens up and she starts to take out the rebels that are rescuing her. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. greatest, don't you greatest intro of a character? Yeah, yeah, greatest intro of a character ever. K two S O. Oh yeah, yes. yes. 
<laughs> loved K2SO. What, what's the line? You're being rescued. Try not to resist. <laughs> yeah. She runs out <laughs> and, and, and she and he stops him cold. Stops her cold. That, that, that he just kind of grabbed her by the uh, shirt on the chest and held her hanging there for a minute. Then let her go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so then we're introduced to K2SO. We're introduced to um, to Kason, and it's. Uh, I mean, I, I that was pretty cool. Well. No, before the breakout, uh, we're, we're introduced to Kaysen on on that one planet. Yeah, on the trading post. Which, which and that one was awesome. It's the first time I think we've ever seen a um, a morally gray rebel character because yeah. he's an assassin and a, he's a spy and an yeah. assassin. He's not just a rebel fighting the tyrannical empire. Right. For for me, this guy that he kills. Well, the guy he kills here is not an imperial. He was actually one of his informants, and he kills him in cold blood just so he doesn't get caught. Right. Yeah. For for me, I love to how there was such a um, Guardians of the Galaxy esque feel to that location. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, so maybe they did get inspired by Marvel a little bit, which is cool. <laughs> um, I it's you know, and then you know, this is when we hear about the pilot that that has uh, gone free and. I know we've jumped around quite a bit on a few things. Um, you know, we get the breakout because we come find out. Jen, you know, that's when they discovered Jen's the daughter of Urso, and you now they they got to take her to to Yavin Four. And I'm like, okay, cool. And, and I love how as we bounce around between all the different planets, they list the names for all the planets until we get to to Vader's castle. Oh yeah, yeah. And that is Vader, too far though. It is, yeah. In Vader's castle, there's no name mentioned at all like but as oh. soon as you see it you know oh, where it, it is it, it was clearly it's like oh this is some cruel joke yeah <laughs> yeah i don't i've never heard anywhere or read anywhere why they didn't put a name on that one i think just i think it was so blatantly obvious yeah yeah but anybody who's not a major star wars fan like us probably wouldn't know that it what planet that was true there's people that have just watched the movies and just that they're cool with the movies they just want to see what's happening next and they would have no idea what planet that was true well then i think it was also part for people like that it would be um because it's vader's castle it's yeah. like you don't need to know what planet it's on well if i remember right that's actually um all taken almost directly from the original concept stuff for empire yes yes it was because everything that happens on the executioner was supposed to or and the executor was supposed to happen at the castle right? yeah but i'm saying the picture itself the picture i think that ralph mccoy's original vader's castle picture was almost directly what this looked like oh yeah i think you're right yeah yeah, yeah. how crazy was it to see vader in that tank too yeah yeah now there's speculation the guy who comes to approach vader is snoke i didn't hear that that's interesting that's because everybody's snoke <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right, I heard Generoso Snoke. I, I have a confession. I'm Snoke. <laughs> oh, that says a lot. That answers a lot of questions, Mike. <laughs> you think? Hmm. <laughs> Things that make you go what? <laughs> All of a sudden, everything fits. So, um, so who, who wants to pick up from here? You know, we get back to Yavin Four, um, which is I love seeing Yavin Four. That was awesome. Well, yeah, the, the recreation of go ahead. I say the recreation base, the war room, everything else was st- spot on, perfect. It was fantastic. And the um, well, the, the one that impressed me was um, General Dodonna. Yeah, the, the actor that played him, awesome. he looked close enough that it could have been the same guy almost. Yeah. after forty years of not seeing him right away. Now the the table, I could I could have sworn that came direct from where uh, where they used it 
to release the the info for the Star Wars Blu-rays at San Diego Comic Con. It's possible because it, a lot of that looked almost like it came from there. So, oh, and I saw, I did see the ghost on uh, Yavin Four as well. Yeah, you see yeah. it when they first walk out. They show a top down of the landing field. Yeah, yeah. Well, you also see see like the the back side of it as well uh, from the back end. See, I didn't see that on the landing field. I just saw the front end of it. Now, did it have the fin sticking out the top? Uh, I didn't see that much no, of it. I don't know. No, it, it it looked like it was just the ghost. No phantom. Ah, no so phantom the phantom two wasn't there, huh? No. Mm. Well, that's why that tells you why the rest of the crew wasn't in the battle and no one heard about them. They were out in the Phantom Two doing something, possibly. Could be. Well, there was also. But the space. nice thing is, I say this one answers the question of: um, Are the um, is the crew from Rebels going to make it to Episode Four and beyond? Obviously, some of them do. Well, we hear Hera's name mentioned. Uh, well, we hear they, General Sindula. That yeah, may not right. be Hera. That could also be Cham. Eh. I, the, I think it's the, the hair. If the, go, if, the, if the ghost is there, then it's, it's got to be her. Because yeah. at some point, I mean, she's, she's, we're probably going to see it in Rebels where she gets promoted to. Um, yeah, she's ge- she's ge- um, she'll get promoted to general. She's a commander already. Right. All right. Uh, there's a good chance we're going to see some, you know, Sabine and, and um, Zeb make it. The, the question came down to, and was brought up, what does happen with um, – Canaan and Ezra, because Mon Mothra goes, you know, re- refer, you know, mentions to Bell Argana about the Jedi. Yeah, and he goes, yes, I ha- I have one on on a remote planet. Yeah, she needs, the, well, she knew he had a Jedi friend in hiding. Right, but but mentioned, but of course we know Bell knows. Kanan and Ezra at this point you now from the series and that's been well publicized I'm sure th- through the story group as well so what's happened to Ezra and, and Kanan at this point that yeah. they're not considered either for taking these plans thing is I don't I don't know if in the um, series if we're going to find out what happened to them because if it's a negative end it's not something they're going to put on a series which actually this series is made for kids even though all of us love it and it's written that adults enjoy it too this is a kid show alright so if there is a final end to two of them before episode four, I can almost see them doing either comic book or into a novel. Okay. Or they'll get their own standalone at some point. Uh, I don't know if they need their own standalone. Well, I don't think so either, but yeah. I mean, that's one of the yeah, options. They don't need a standalone movie. Yeah, I wouldn't say so. And I, I really don't want a standalone comic. Well, I wouldn't mind a, a mini like Kanan, Last Padawan, originally was meant to be. Yeah. yeah. But um, – I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing seeing a five issue miniseries go instead of a full yeah. full fledged. Yeah, something more along the lines of Obi Wan and Anakin. Yeah, yeah, something like that to, to show the finale, or um, maybe the two of them take off to or training somewhere else or something. Yeah, it could be, could be. Um, we're going to take a quick break because I know Ken's got to get going here. Um, we we, we want to get this out quick, but I wanted to I wanted to put out there. Um, while Ken was still here. This is coming from ComingSoon.net. Star Wars Rogue One passes the 40, 400 million mark. Wow. Cool. So Very nice. Uh, the breakdown is um, the the total take in North America is 221 million, at 221.9 million with 197.9 million overseas. And the film opens um, in Korea on the 28th. And then China, which is probably going to do well because of um, the one actor, uh, January 6th. But so far, the top grossing territories, UK at 35.1, Germany at 18.1, France at 16.5, 
Australia, 16.1. Japan, 11.6. And then uh, some of these others were kind of surprising. Uh, Brazil, 8 million. Mexico, 7.1. Russia, 6.8. Spain, 6.5. Sweden, 4.7. Italy, 4.6. Poland, 3.6. Indonesia, 3.2. Denmark, 3.2. And then others, 52.8. Now, was China on that list yet? No, because it doesn't open until the 6th. January ah, 6th. That, that's going to be the one that see what happens, because usually China puts a huge chunk onto that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Their opening weekend will probably be at least $50 million. I would I would not be surprised. So, um, actually, you know, why don't we go ahead and, and slowly start bringing this to a close. Um, okay. We see how everything goes. We see how K2SO kind of uh, takes on a liking to Jen. Uh, we see the, the shore troopers on Scarif. Uh, we, we see how the cannon of the Death Star can actually be controlled and not destroy yeah. a whole planet, but can destroy parts of a planet. Yes. Yeah, or a single they city. They dial the power or, down. Yeah. Um, we, we see that, you know, Case and, and Jin developed a relationship right near the end, right before they die. Uh, so who knows what oh, could have been. On that note, I was not surprised that they killed everybody, but like I understood why they did, but it was just weird. It was like, as I was watching, I'm like, wow, they just wiped everybody out. Yeah, yeah they killed everybody that was on the poster except for Darth Vader. Yeah. So, so, the ex- so this could be the explanation of why we don't see the AWR troopers or the shore troopers in the rest of the film. Because they all yeah. got wiped out. <laughs> and considering that well, was the, only a, did you notice? I said, did you notice a couple of shots that were in the trailers that did not make it to the final cut? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You have the whole line of gins where it says, I rebel. That wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Uh, you get the one where the stormtroopers are walking along the beach. They just well, almost like on patrol. That wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Uh, the TIE the fighter. TIE fighter. When, yep. when she goes to recalibrate the... Uh, yeah. I think if so. I remember right, that was part of the reshoots, probably. They're more, they may have originally had it so that the TIE fighter came up and blew her up there. Oh, yeah. maybe, yeah. Or it was a different shot of this TIE fighter that uh, blows up the bridge. Yeah. But they're also saying this could be why we see no more U-Wings. Mm-hmm. That they were yeah. pretty much all destroyed there. Um, the, uh, the new TIE fighter pretty much didn't make it past that point. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I just laugh too that Scarif has such a Starfleet Starbase feel to it with the planetary shield. And that, oh, planetary, yeah. and that planet in the in the shield base almost looked like a repurposed um droid droid starbase from the trade trade okay. federation yeah except mm. complete circle well uh real quick before we wrap this up i think that with your u-wing thing why we don't see the u-wings i think one of the another reason we may not see the u-wings on um the battle of yavin is you see here that those are basically like i said troop transports or um right. gunship style in a space battle you don't need that right you need snub fighters you need the um x-wings the y-wings the u-wings has blasters on it but it's not designed for that it's made for ground combat right so they may have had them, but just didn't need, didn't have them for that. They're not. They may not have the same shields or whatever as the um, X wings and Y wings. Uh, this is true. Yeah, that would make sense. So uh, it, it was great to seeing the cameo of Doctor Evzian and Pondabunda. Pondabab. Yeah. 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 Even though I thought his head was a little too big, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, overall, I I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and the the 
the space battle at the end was awesome and it was brilliant yeah yeah um and I'm sure when when we come back after the first next year uh, with the next episode, we'll, we'll be talking more about this. And oh yeah, definitely more, sure. more stuff yeah. keeps coming up. But yeah. you know, we still got to talk about the soundtrack and all of that still. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, we wanted to get our reactions out there. Uh, we wanted to spoil it since apparently that's what everyone else is doing. So <laughs> yeah, I was on um, I was on two different shows that with spoilers last week. So already on last Sunday. Um, <laughs> So again, any final thoughts from you guys before we wrap it up for the year? Uh, I cannot wait to see it again. Yeah. Where was the Wookiees? Yeah, where was the Wookiees? No Wookiee loaf. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they were probably all uh, still being still being used by well, the Empire. <laughs> yeah, they're still yeah. They're, they're enslaved at this point. So. Well, I don't know. They may or may not be because you got to remember that was all in the Legends material. Uh, we'll, we'll find no, out they, they, in the Han Solo they, movie. No, they touch they, on it in Rebels too. That oh they, yeah, they do. They're being used. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one that carries over. They're using, being used in mines and things like that. Yeah. And the spice I like – I'm I'm very oh. – uh, I like the way it, it tied directly into A New Hope. I like the way they handled it. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes it literally, what, a day or two before the capture. Not even. I'm thinking um, the final scene you see, the um, Tantive Four – um, jump out! I'm thinking the next stop is they land or they um, come out of light sp- or hyperspace at Tatooine. Mm, possibly could be. Well, so this is, is minutes or hours before. Yeah, could be, could be. That, that's where the speculation begins. Just how much time mm. between here and there? It's I wouldn't say more than 24 hours. Mm. Yeah. So, um, any final thoughts, Derek? Since I know Ken had jumped in. Yeah. I, I'm going to say, Ken, at the time of this recording, happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I, I think there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Shit! I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>